Exodus 5. It's been a couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm going to start in Exodus 4 and just do the last verse there to kind of give you a little uh, run on into this thing. And I need to pray for myself here. Lord Jesus, um, I just thank you for the opportunity to teach. Again, bless Pastor James and bless us to our hearts, Lord, if you would. Amen. And in 31 there in 4 it says, So the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and he had looked on their affliction, and they had bow- they bowed their heads and they worshipped. And I, w- I want to jump back up here a little farther. They gathered all the, okay, and 30, and Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses, and he did the signs in the sight of the people. So the people are behind him. They're excited that he's going to go into Pharaoh and finally get the ball rolling on this liberation thing. We're going to be set free, and uh, they're, they're behind him. Let's, let's go. Let's get this thing done. And at 5, it says, 5-1, Afterwards, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast for me in the wilderness. Not a big demand. Not a real big demand. And Pharaoh said, Who is this Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. He's uh, meeting some resistance right off the bat here. And that's the way it is in ministry a lot of times. You know, you have high hopes and you slam into the problem and resistance. So they're getting some here. And uh, I'm sure James has has talked about Pharaoh and his position uh, in the state in the empire, in the nation of Egypt. They have tons of gods, and uh, God is going to judge all of them and Pharaoh. And Pharaoh is the high priest of all their gods. He's almost God, and I'm sure he was revered as God. But his position is high priest between those gods and the people of Israel and probably their slaves too. So he's an absolute despot, and... uh, but he says goes, life and death. He was the guy that said, let's throw all the Hebrew babies in the river. And guess what happened? They all went in but one. So he's got a lot of control, a lot of sway. And uh, he says, uh, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. And it, it could have been an obvious thing for him that he's got pyramids. He's got monuments, he's got statuary, he's got a shrine maybe unto himself, he's got gold, he's got, they were, they were lavish, they had everything. He's got chariots, he's got armies, he's got everything. And then he needs to listen to a Hebrew God, and the Hebrews have zip, Hebrews are in slavery, Hebrews have no monuments, they have no glyphs, they have no pyramid, they have nothing, they got nothing but... Slavery, slavery. But they got a God that lives in their heart. They got a God that lives in their heart. He's not a show-off like the Egyptian God. Gods, I should say. He's not a show-off. He wants to reside in your heart. He will have a temple someday. It will be an eye-popping temple right where he says it should be, Mount Zion. Right now, he's uh, working with these slaves and with Moses. He says, I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. 
I do not know the Lord. That's a dangerous thing. That's a dangerous position to be in. And uh, I think of Jesus' word in words in Matthew, Matthew 7. Don't have to go there. You're probably familiar with this, but this is a chilling set of verses voiced by the Master himself. And it talks about knowing, knowing the Lord. And it says there, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, uh, we have, have not we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow. These guys were casting out demons. These guys were healing. These guys were doing everything in the name of the Lord. And then he, he drops this thing on them. I never knew you. How to hear you lawless ones. Where do you think they went? Some uncomfortable place. H-E double hockey sticks, probably. Because this is talking about the end times. The valuable thing is to know the Lord personally. Personally. It's not about church. It's not about the collection. It's not about your denomination. It's about your friendship, your relation with with Jesus. Um, He said, I never knew you. I never knew you. Strangers. He He wants to talk to you. It's about prayer. And as we were singing the song tonight, as the deer pants for the water, I thought if we could sing that in front of him, he would say, I know you. I know you. You desire my friendship. You appreciate me. You want me as a friend. You want me as somebody in on your conversations. That's what he really wants. He wants a friendship with you. And that's why he came to die for you, to purify you so you could get into his heaven and have a great relationship. Now he sends the Holy Spirit as, a, as our go-between so we can have this conversation with Jesus. And the Holy Spirit saying, pray a little more. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you. I do not know this God of the Hebrews. He's in trouble right there. Hmm. Nor will I let Israel go. So they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us, and please let us go three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice to the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence and with the sword. Uh, Come on, Pharaoh, just give us a long weekend so we can get out of here. We've been making bricks forever. And the Lord has commanded us to go three days' journey into the wilderness and worship to him. This God that you can't see and you don't know has asked us to do that. And you just hear the wheels turning. Pharaoh says, you're right. I can't see him and I don't know him. Um, No three days journey for you guys. And then there's a statement by Aaron and Moses. Lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. A little more push on Pharaoh. Pharaoh, what if we all die? What if if this God is real and he strikes us dead? Who's going to build your cities? Who's going to build your pyramids? You know, who's going to tote and fetch? Um, But it seems to have no sway with this uh, hard-hearted Pharaoh, this despot, this uh, high priest in Egypt. 
In fact, in 4 it says, the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your labor. Uh, Moses and Aaron, you're really a distraction to these people. You're pumping them up with this God stuff. We can't even see this God. We are not impressed. Now, the people need to get back to work and don't fill their head with nonsense. Okay, you guys? And Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are many. Now you make them rest from their, from their labors. So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their officers saying, you shall no longer give the people straw to make brick as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. So that was the main occupation, we think, of, of most of the Hebrews. They were making these clay bricks, and they were sun-dried. And it makes a pretty weak brick. You need some kind of binder in there. So they found out a long time ago, probably back at the Tower of Babel, what you need in your brick is straw. It makes, it, makes a nice sun-baked brick, and we, we can build these cities. Um, really, no, no straw, no bricks. Yeah, they'll just crumble, especially uh, a sun-baked brick. Got to have that straw in there as a binder for strength. And uh, we come from a farming community. We, we know about straw, uh, raise a lot of wheat around here. So you've got, you've got a thing about this long, the stalk itself, and then the head on it, and the combine comes along, cuts it off, and spews the long stuff out in the back, and then guys come along and bail it, and they sell it. There's a market for this stuff. But it's, a, it's about this long, and it's pretty stable. And they would cut that up and put it in the bricks. It was one of the main ingredients. Had to have that stuff. And uh, evidently, they were bringing it to them. The Egyptians were bringing it to them. And I can remember this scene in the Ten Commandments where the old... Egyptian guys, no, the Israelite guys were cutting up the straw with this knife into pieces about that long and uh, had to have it. No, no straw, no bricks. Um, Got to go gather yourself, but the quota must remain the same. Tough job, tough job. Got to run out in the country and get that stuff yourself. This Pharaoh guy is a lot of fun. Okay, in eight... And you shall lay on them the quota of bricks, which they made before. You shall not reduce it, for they are idle. Therefore they cry out, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. We can't have these guys distracted to go out to some kind of revival tent meeting to this unknown God. We can't even see him. Uh, it's some kind of bluff. This is something to get out of work. So, you know... Pharaoh says, you're going to have to make the same amount of bricks and to teach you a lesson, we're not going to bring any straw. So it's going to be tough. Nine, let more work be laid on them that they may labor in it and let them not regard false words. Israel, please tune out Moses and Aaron. They are a distraction. They're leading you down a bad path here. And just to make sure that you understand that, you have to make the same amount of bricks with no, no straw. We're not bringing any straw. And the taskmasters of the people, these are the uh, Israelite taskmasters. They were the buffer between uh, the Egyptians and the Israelites. They, they had uh, 
Israelite uh, taskmasters. And their officers went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus says Pharaoh, I will give you no straw. And this makes it just about impossible. Go get, to, go get yourself straw where you can find it. Yet none of the work will be reduced. It's a hard guy. It's a real hard guy. So the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt to gather what? Stubble instead of straw. Stubble. That makes the game real tough. Real tough. Before they were getting the straw. And it was a good part of it. And evidently it was laying in the field. And now that's off limits. What you get is the stubble. You've got to mine the stubble to, to make these bricks. So we talked about the combine going through. And, you know, the head comes off and the straw goes out the back. It's nice and clean straw. You could use that to make a nice brick. What's left on the ground? About yay high. <laughs> stubble. Okay. How do you gather that stubble? Well, you're supposed to be making bricks. Your family's back there making bricks. Kind of like this. Cutting it off. Think you're getting behind on your quota? Oh, my. Think that Egyptian sun's hot? <laughs> oh, my. Pharaoh doesn't care. He doesn't care. Okay. And the taskmasters forced them to hurry, saying, Fulfill your work, your daily quota, uh, as when there was straw. We, we don't have any straw. And Pharaoh knows it, and he's chuckling on the inside. Also, the officers of the children of Israel, whom, Pharaoh, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters set over them, were beaten and were asked, uh, Why have you not fulfilled the, the task in making bricks both yesterday and today? And, of course, the obvious answer is, We, we don't have any straw. You took it away from us. We can't really do it. Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to us, your servants. And they say to us, Make brick. Indeed, your servants are beaten, but the fault is in your own people. Of course it is. <laughs> it's an impossible task. We don't have the straw. We have people out gathering stubble. It's hard. It's, it's terrible. We can't, we can't make this quota. There's no way. And uh, we'll see what the kindly uh, Pharaoh says. But he said, you are idle, idle. Therefore, you say, let us go sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore, go now and work, for no straw shall be given you, yet you shall deliver the same quota of bricks. Whoa, this guy's got a hard heart already. This guy is tough. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, you shall, reduce, you shall not reduce any bricks for your daily quota. There's just no way they can do it. Um, there's no prayer for the quota whatsoever. Then as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron who stood there to meet them. And they said to them, let the Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hands to kill us. It says abhorrent there. We got any King Jamesers in here? Are there other words for abhorrent? 
abhor. Uh, some renditions say stink or a stench. Stench, there's a stench, okay. That's not a pleasant thing to be a stench in somebody's nose. Ooh, my goodness. Every time you're around, you know, ooh, you don't smell very good. And that's the way it is with the Israelites um, because they, they can't come up with this. And here are Moses and Aaron who pumped up the people, who pumped up the people and said, we're going to go in. I've, I've got the sign. I've got the, I've got the rod that turns into a snake, and I do this thing with the hand, leprous, boom, back in, clean. That ought to impress anybody. And the people said, well, that's a good one. That's a good one. But for some reason, God didn't say do that. He will do that later. But I think there's a reason for that. I think there's a reason for that. So uh, everybody here is pretty unhappy. Uh, the people don't like getting whipped. The taskmasters got whipped, and the people can't do their job. It's a long labor. Uh, they're behind. It's just really, really, really a bad situation. And uh, they think they're in peril, you know. They put a sword in their hand uh, to kill us. Gosh, Pharaoh, it was three days in the wilderness. Come on. Why can't you let us go out there? Of course, Pharaoh knows that, that once the, the tradition is set, once the precedent is set, they will ask for more and more and more. So he, he wasn't going for that whatsoever. So everybody's upset. And uh, Moses and Aaron are the worst guys that ever walked the face of the earth. I'd be real mad at him too. You, you said this was going to work. You said this was going to be... We'd be off by four. Golly. And here it is, 5.30, and we got to make more bricks. And we're two days behind. They're not happy in the Israelite camp. And Moses and Aaron are mud. Are mud. So uh, Moses says this prayer, and I think he's probably under his breath saying, I love it when a plan comes together. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered all the, uh, delivered your people at all. Not one person was set free that day. Not one. No. This looks like a total mess, doesn't it? Golly. Lord said, go in there, talk to Pharaoh. This is going to get the ball moving for the three-day in the wilderness thing. Um, boy, and he just shot us down. And now we're in a bigger pickle than we were before. We didn't get off at 4 o'clock. We have to make more bricks. No straw. Go on and get your own stubble. We got whipped. Ooh. This is a bad day for Moses' credibility. Real bad day for Aaron's credibility. What are those guys thinking? Oh, no, this is a total disaster. Wow. God's got Pharaoh right where he wants him. You think Pharaoh's got a big head now? I just put it on those guys. They got this God you can't see. They want to leave for a little bit. I already put it on them. They're, they're making bricks out of stubble out there. They're way behind. They're sweating. Moses and Aaron, they have zero credibility. We're not going to hear from them again. Those Israelites might take them out tonight. 
There are some unhappy campers in, in the Israelite group there. I think God's got them right where he wants them. God is in control at all times. Not Pharaoh. Not Pharaoh. You will see this throughout the book, through the plagues. Pharaoh is not in control at all. He thinks he is, especially with this day. This three or four days, however long it went with this making bricks with uh, stubble. He, uh, he's getting a big head here, I think. Um, they're in total disarray, he thinks. Uh, Pharaoh thinks he's in, in charge, and uh, he's getting a big head. So let's just uh, read uh, the first couple of verses in 6, and that's about all we're going to have time for. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he, Pharaoh, will let, you, will let them go, your people, Moses. And with a strong hand, he will drive you out of his land. This thing's going to turn totally around. Totally around. Pharaoh thinks he's got the, the master hand. You guys are under his thumb. When I get done with him, he's going to beg you guys to leave. He's going to beg you guys to leave. I'm going to take his kingdom apart like old Lincoln logs. And he does. He does. Stand by for that. They're, they are the greatest empire up to that time. Technologically advanced, built pyramids. We still don't know how they built them. They had chariots. Wow, they were mechanized. They had a lot of neat things. They had technology. When God's done with them, they have nothing. His pride issue's all gone when God's done with them. And that's the way it is with God. The pride issue is all gone when God's done with you. That's a great thing. So it's not hopeless, Moses. It's not hopeless. Just stand back and watch the Lord work because he's got Pharaoh right where he wants him. Okay, let's pray and we'll be on our way. Lord Jesus, um, you know, sometimes your operation, yeah, we're in the dark, Lord. We don't know what you're doing, but uh, you always come through. You're always in charge. And there's always some setup, Lord, uh, and it always works out. And we're always amazed your ways are not our ways. They're higher than ours. And that's what he's doing to Pharaoh. He's setting him up for one right in the chops. And you're going to deliver because he was really hard on your people, Lord. Even in this little stuff we studied tonight, Lord, he was really rough on your people. And you're going to, you're going to show him. Lord, um, we just thank you for this teaching, Lord. Uh, be with Pastor as he drives back with his family. Hope they had a great time, Lord. And we will see you again on Sunday, folks, and Lord. Amen.